welcome to the Pastured Pig Podcast, where we share the successes and challenges of raising pigs on pasture. We talk to producers all over the country, from small homesteads to large commercial pasture operations. Whether you're new to pastured pigs or have been raising hogs for decades, we hope you hear new ideas and new perspectives on pasturing hogs. Here's your host, Troy McClung. All right. Well, hello, everyone. We're back for another episode of the Pastured Pig Podcast. I have your host, as always, Troy McClung, and excited to have um, a, a good standby. I wouldn't say old faithful. I don't think he'd appreciate that, but a good standby back on the podcast, Carl Blake, who we've had on, I think this is his, this will be his third time on the podcast. Bring Carl back. Carl's almost like checking the news. You know, you, you kind of want to know what's going on in the pastured pig world. You uh, you reach out to Carl and say, hey, what's the uh, what's the update? What's what, any breaking news or what the, what are the headlines? So we uh, asked Carl to come back and give us a little update there. And my goodness, that guy has a ton of stuff going on. You know, he not only uh, you know, has his farm operation, but he's got all these uh, products, these inventions, all these different things coming out to help us in the pastured pig market, as well as, of course, maintaining a, the Facebook page, all those things that uh, that we interact with. So I appreciate Carl taking the time to come on. And, and this is going to be like uh, drinking from a fire hose a little bit because we go through some things pretty quickly. Uh, Carl you know, hits hits the high points on stuff. And as is typical, uh, he, he had a lot of going on. So you'll, you'll notice there's some odd uh, jumps in the podcast because it actually took us about uh, half a day to get this interview nailed down uh, in between uh, conference calls that he had to do. So we'd talk for a little bit, take a break. We'd both come back, talk for a little bit, take a break, come back. So um, there may be some um, less than smooth transitions there, but it, it still makes sense. It all holds together. But if you notice why there's a hard break here or there, then, then that's why little look behind the curtain as to how some of these things transpire. So without any further ado, I'm going to jump right in and let Carl take over. Today I have with me Carl Blake, and you may recognize that name. He's been on the podcast several times, actually. Uh, but also, um, he's uh, well known in our pastured pig communities. In fact, he is the uh, host and creator of many things, but one of which is the Facebook group, Pastured Pigs for Meat and Profit that uh, that I get a lot of uh, our interviews from. So, first of all, uh, Carl, appreciate you letting me do that. Second of all, welcome to the podcast. You bet. Thanks, Troy. I, I appreciate what you're doing. You know, I think you're doing a, a good service for a lot of the a lot of the farmers out there, and you've been sticking with it. And uh, that's that's a huge that's a huge uh, a huge thing. I mean, uh, you know, like me in the beginning, they. I've seen people come and go, and uh, like you know, they come and go in within months. And you know, I've been here for almost 13 years, and uh, I don't plan to stop until I'm dead. <laughs> right. I think uh, you know we're all we're heading in the right direction, and, and uh, if you keep at it like you are, why you're just going to be uh, a better resource for a lot of the pig people out there. And I appreciate that. Well, I appreciate it, man. That's the those are kind words. But yeah, again, I, I can't thank you enough for letting me. Uh, use your audience to, to draw people in. And, and again, my, my, my goal is to, like you said, get things spread out, uh, spread the word and, and let others, I, the feedback I get, I really appreciate people say that, oh, I listened to so-and-so and that, that gave me some insight on how to either start mine or tweak my setup. So that's, that's to me, is what it's all about. Well, I get some really weird phone calls sometimes. Um, <laughs> I, and and, I, and I, don't, I don't mean that in a weird way, but I mean, I get a lot of really odd phone calls 
with that. I can get up at 3 o'clock in the morning, but they'll say, hey, I heard you talking on this video, and this, uh, this is a <laughs> podcast, and, uh, and I'm like, well, hey, that's pretty cool. Hey, the people are listening to it, and so, yeah, and I probably haven't given you enough feedback that way, but, um, but the fact is that, you know, people have been noticing it, and I think that's great. I mean, the thing that we can do that is most helpful to all the farmers out there is getting them good, solid information and uh, getting it from people that are actually doing it on a day-to-day basis. That's really the only way to, um, you know, I mean, that's really the only way to give a legitimate answer and a, and a legitimate insight to what we're doing. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Well said. Yeah, and one thing that I, I want to point out uh, before we dive right into our topics here is, um for those of you that aren't on that Facebook group that maybe be listening to this, I, I strongly recommend you join that uh, simply because there's there's a lot of good community there, a lot of good discussion. And, uh, yeah, for example, things that jumps out at me is, is Carl, like what you've just uh, posted and pinned to the top of, the, uh, of that group is just an incredible resource of, uh, you know, common medication doses and, and practices on how to dose your pigs and, and treatments and, and symptoms and those things. So it's something that you've put out there, taking the time to write that somebody could just copy and paste in their phone or, or print off to have in their field guide, whatever. And it's an incredible resource and it's, it's totally free. Just go out and grab it and, and use it as, uh, as you need to on your farm. Incredible stuff. I agree. We, we try to post as much good information as we can and some of that stuff's actually posted from guys that have been doing this for 50 and 60, 70 years. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, I, I always question when they say, well, that's just the way we've always done it. I mean, I'm always the one to question that. But uh, there are many things that, uh, because that's specifically the way we've always done it, actually turns out to be the best option and the best opportunity to, to, uh, to, to do those things. So, you know, I think, um, I think we've got that here. I, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, uh, for those listening, I will I will list down in our show description. I'll list the other two podcasts where we've had Carl on. I, I kind of Carl to me is kind of like a guy that you interview when you want to take a temperature of the entire industry because he uh, is so plugged in on things. So it's almost like coming to him for a news report at times. Uh, so, I, so I like having you back on 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 a regular basis just because you can kind of give us a heads up of what's going on. Well, uh, with that being said, is there anything, before we jump into the specific topics, is there anything that you're seeing in the industry right now You know, during COVID? All, is it settling down yet? Are, are processors getting a handle of things? What are you seeing on your side? Well, um, at this point, I still don't think the processors are, uh, are, um, are, are hitting the mark yet. Um, in fact, I've seen a lot of the processors, because they do have the digital business now, they they slacked off from doing, you know, 80 hogs a week to now they're only doing 40. Um, why would they do that? Well, because they can charge more money now and they don't have to do as much work. Yeah. Um, you know, and, 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 and I'm not going to say specifically who that is or anything else. I'm just saying it. I've seen that in more than one case. But uh, what is the pig market going to be like? Well, one thing I can tell you, and, that I'm, and what I'm doing is um, our rustic rooster farms, we are actually out there trying to, We've got a new farm. We've got um, we've got another eighty acres, uh, eighty-five acres. We've got um, we have um, almost forty acres is nothing but um, two hundred-year-old oak trees that are dropping acorns on a daily basis out here. Mm. Uh, 
in this last year. I mean, there was just literally thousands of acorns, I mean, hundreds of thousands of acorns out here. And um, so we're actually feeding um, some of our pigs out specifically on, on, on the acorns. Uh, but the neat thing is we're taking, um, Rusty Creature Farms is building a herd again, and we're building up not only a herd just to draw up report to restaurants and such, but we're looking at um, providing breed stock of, um, of our pigs to a lot of the users out there or farmers out there that um, want to be able to start a program with pigs, with swine, be able to grow a good pig and be able to process that pig and sell that pig and do it routinely. Um, but we're going to give them pigs that can actually make them money. Our pigs have, have uh, anywhere from two to three times the number of pigs in a litter as other, as, as other uh, breeds that are out there. Um, but one of the things we're doing is we're offering fodder systems. Um, and if you've never heard of fodder, um, fodder is the, the art of growing feed in a seven-day rotation or cycle. And we grow all the feed for our pigs, cows, goats, and, and uh, all the other animals on the farm, chickens, uh, pig time. Uh, they like the fodder. But we're offering fodder systems along with um, breeder pigs, and we'll be doing that all spring long. Um, offering, uh, uh, we have, we now have four additional lines to um, our particular pig. It's called the Ozark Mountain Waddle, and uh, we also have the Swabian Hall. But the Ozark Mountain Waddle is a derivative of the Swabian Hall that we actually have made improvements on. Uh, rate of growth, um, uh, back fat. Uh, you know, those are all things that we're really, um, we've been really trying to address. And the rate of growth was the big one. And uh, we now have pigs that can do 272 pounds in five months and two days. Um, that's a heritage pig with marbling in three months. I mean, that's a, that's an amazing piece of swine. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, exactly. And so we're taking it, our, our farm is, 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 is doing it from that perspective, but the neat thing on our farm is that we are producing commercial um, fodder systems out there all the way from 50 pounds a day all the way up to 20, 30, 40 tons a day. Um, so we have everything in between. But the neat thing about it is that coming in March, we'll have uh, what we call Fodder Fest. And uh, Fodder Fest, you'll be able to actually come to our new farm, uh, be able to see pigs and see how it's being done and see our pens and see the watering systems and and all the things that we do, uh, but you'll also be able to see some of the most advanced fodder systems in the United States. Uh, we have one building, a 40 by 80 building, specifically dedicated to nothing but um, uh, several different kinds of fodder systems. You'll be able to see a fully automated system. You'll be able to see a, a 2,000 pound a day manual system, and then you will have all of our uh, our, uh, our see-through uh, fodder systems: 150 pounds a day, 500 pounds a day, 1,000 pounds a day. We'll have all those here and operational on our property that you'll be able to see. And uh, you can see, feel, touch, see the grass. You can actually watch the grass grow, um, <laughs> uh, which may not be exciting, but after you see your fodder system growing grass and you're actually out there feeding it to your animals and you notice the health of your animals has doubled and tripled in terms of, you know, uh, just the fact that they don't need meds anymore, uh, it becomes a huge, huge thing, part of your farm. And uh, fodder, you'll be able to see all the fodder we have. You'll be able to see the pigs. And then 
of course, you'll be able to see all the tools and things that we make that make life easier for farmers, like our, our nut boss. Don't ask me why I call it that. It just seemed like the name popped into my head. <laughs> the nut boss allows you to uh, castrate pigs. You can castrate little pigs. We have, a, we have two different models, a small one and a large one. And the small one, you know, a seven-day piglet pops right in there. You take his nuts right off. takes five seconds. And one person can do it with one hand. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I was watching. I was. I think you posted a video on your on your Facebook page the other day. I believe it was your daughter that was castrating a pig, wasn't it? Yeah, that was our twelve year old daughter. Um, and the reason that uh, we decided to let her uh, do that was she said she wanted to try it, and uh, she expressed an interest in helping do that stuff on the farm. And I was like, "Wow, okay, so you want to try it?" And so we actually took video, and it was one take, and she did it. She did exactly the way. I showed her how to do it. She didn't know how to hold the, the blade. I showed her how to hold the blade, and uh, she got it down. I mean, it's not a big deal. She, she now routinely helps on the farm. Yeah, that's great. If I told her to go out, and I need those 30 pigs. I need those 30 pigs castrated. I don't have a problem. I can send her out there. She she does shots. Um, she can go out and, and, and vaccinate pigs. Um, she knows what she's doing. I mean, uh, she's 12 years old. Uh, but you know what? I can't hire people to come out and do that kind of work because... <laughs> right. Most of them can't do it, don't know how to do it. They're not sure they want to do it. Um, and I can pay them $20, $25 an hour and still not get good help. But you know what? I got a 12-year-old daughter here who just kicks ass. She goes out there. And, and the nice thing is, she's 12. But by the time she's 16 or 18, at least I keep this video around, I can always show the boys she brings by the <laughs> video just to give them an idea of what her capabilities are just so we keep them in line. Exactly. Yeah. Don't yeah. don't don't cross the daughter. She knows how to take them off. <laughs> with a knife. But uh, you know that that's uh, that was a good way to point out to people that uh, are sometimes squeamish about it, don't want to do it. Um, you know, they're they're uh, they're they're rather uh, trepidatious about it. I, I think we can. She can help uh, alleviate some of that because they know that oh well, twelve year old did it. Boy, why can't we do it? And and I gotta admit, I don't really like I don't like castrating anything. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's one of the things we have to do on the farm uh, for a lot of reasons. But that that's just one of them. But the neat thing about our our nut boss cutting to our tool is that it's solid stainless. Um, it's 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 really simple. It doesn't weigh 150 pounds. You can put it on the side of a golf cart. You can put it on the side of a fence. You can put it on the side of a building. You can put it just about anywhere and castrate pigs. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, and it does. And in the bigger, the, the larger ones uh, can actually do. You know, 20, 25 pound pigs. If you want to stick them in there, that's not a problem. Um. So I mean, uh, we try to make things a little easier for people this way, for the farmers. And then we also make a de-herring tool. Uh, the de-herring tool uh, is for pigs to de-air a pig after you scalded it, mm-hmm. which pig roasters, and that's where we sell our American hot box. That's the ability for us to, you know, roast that 100-pound pig in four hours. But you can use the de-herring tool. Uh, we have several processors around the country that they get them every month because they wear them out. And uh, uh, we sold over 500 of the uh, of the de-herring tools in the last uh, three years. Yeah. Wow. So you know, it's, it's a it's a good time saver. Uh, works really well. It's um, you know, and that's what we're trying to do is all the little things. Like we, we have a we have a little uh, a bracket that we build that you can make you do your own do your own uh, uh, do yourself uh, 
uh, feeders and waterers. Um, it's a special stainless steel bracket. The fix can't tear it up or bend it or do anything. You add your own PVC pipe to it, and it screws it right down. Boom. You've now got a water. You've got a feeder. You can hang it from your fence. You can hang it from uh, uh, wood. You can screw it down. I mean, these are all things that make it, you know, make the life easier for the farmer. Right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're building these things constantly and, and uh, every day and building out new products. Um, we're actually getting ready to release an automated fodder system, which is a fully 100% automated system. Seed goes in one end, and then uh, uh, the feed comes out the other. So it's kind of a, it's a, it's a neat thing. And uh, we have actually have our own little robot in there and everything. It's, it's a neat deal. <laughs> That's cool. So, um, we'll yeah. be releasing that, and you'll be able to see one of those actually functioning in March at Potterfest. Right. Well, Carl, let's, let's back up. My goodness, I feel like I just drank from the fire hose with you here. Um, let's, <laughs> let's back up a little bit if we can. So, first of all, let's talk about, I know uh, if, if people have listened to the podcast, they know where, where here is when you refer to that. But, but give, us, uh, give us some details geographically where all this has taken place. Well, initially, everything that I was doing was located in Iowa. However, I met this really, really beautiful, sexy pig lady down here in Missouri. <laughs> and uh, she liked my pigs, and uh, she had bought pigs for me, and, and uh, she was raising them down here, and she had her own little farm. And I had to get out of Iowa because it was, uh, you know, nine-foot snowdrifts and uh, 62 below zero cold. Just, I can't take that anymore. I said, enough of that crap. And uh, so I moved to Missouri, and uh, I met Courtney. And Courtney and I uh, became a couple, and we have two beautiful children right now that are five and four, uh, Jax and Presley. And uh, we have three other daughters. Uh, Courtney has three other daughters from the previous marriage, which was, you know, um, Hannah, Morgan, and Parker. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been a really good thing. Uh, we've been raising pigs here. We're down located in Lake of the Ozarks, uh, Missouri. I'm actually specifically in the Eldon area, uh, which is like just north of the lake by about four miles. Uh, We build and do everything down here. We have uh, two farms. We actually have Courtney's farm, and then we have my farm. And uh, our corporate farm here is where we do all of our building and testing and everything is done here. Uh, That includes our fodder systems and feeding systems and watering systems and all kinds of stuff. So you guys... You build all that there. I mean, you, you're not right. you're, you're not outsourcing all this stuff out of country. You, you guys are actually building and engineering and designing there. Everything is built, designed, and engineered here, and everything is built with American products. Um, I actually uh, work with Mennonites to create a lot of our stuff, so it's all hand produced. Hmm. Um, each one of our American hot boxes is hand produced out of stainless steel that's milled in the United States, but it's handmade right here. Um, and if you ever got one and you saw it, you'd wonder how the heck it's handmade and it's not done by a machine because our tolerances are so close. Yeah, wow. Um, we're actually, uh, one of the things that I've built uh, that's been very, very uh, successful is the our, feed so, our seed filtration system. I have a, a special seed filtration unit that I've designed that includes ultraviolet light in it that actually kills all the mold, mildew, and pathogens on your, on your seeds. We use that before we actually... We use that on our seeds before we put them into our fodder system, and thereby eliminating the mold and mildew in our fodder box. And uh, we build and manufacture all that stuff right here. Yeah. And so, wow, that's great. Uh, yeah, we, and uh, actually, uh, I've sold like a half a dozen of our seed filtration systems in the last um, in the last month, and, and uh, they're going out all over the United States. Um, but they do 30 bushels an hour. It's a small one, but you know, instead of being a, a you know these 
seven to twenty, thirty thousand dollar seed uh, cleaning filtration systems. You know, ours is fifteen ninety nine. Right. Wow. And you add your own, and see, it's another do it yourself kind of thing because most farmers have a shop vac. Um, we actually utilize a shop vac on our seed filtration unit, and when you turn that on, it uh, puts your seeds, you run your seed through it. It takes out all the, the shaft and all the light seeds and the broken ones and everything else. And then it, and then at the end, it has the ultraviolet light or UVC light that uh, the, the seeds are exposed to, and it kills all the mold and pathogens that are floating through the machine. Yeah, and I know that for a fodder system, that's usually the biggest complaint people have is they don't keep it clean. They're, they're, at some point, they're dealing with mold or dealing with the mildew issues just because of all the moisture, correct? You're absolutely spot on, and that's what the problem is. All the fodder systems that are out there, nobody addresses it properly. I did all of the pioneering with hydrogen peroxide, and I developed a way to use hydrogen peroxide. But the problem was, I wanted to approach it from a different perspective instead of just, you know, putting everything through the water system and then trying to correct it. I wanted to go and kill all the mold pathogens before it got to the box. And then, then it just took a little bit, and that's where our probiotics, I developed a probiotic called fodder flora. And our probiotics, they're microbes in there, and they actually eat all the mold and pathogens. So when we kill the mold and bacteria in the seeds before it goes into the fodder system, we now have a probiotic that we inject into the water that increases the nutritional content. It, it helps animals with their gut health, but at the same time kills any mold and mildew that's left in there, so you end up with a perfect product when you're done. Hmm. And so it really, really works well. Now, we have one other method. We actually, in all of our fodder systems, the air circulation system is also has a UTC scrubber built into it. So any pathogens or, or any mold spores that are floating around inside the box get killed immediately as they pass through the box. And we circulate the air sometimes seven, eight, nine, ten times a minute. So anything that's floating around in there goes through our system and is killed. So we actually send out really high quality air to all of the machines, to all of the, the plants that are growing, and we eliminate the mold and pathogens and spores. Wow. So we have the tightest system, I think, in the entire industry, and that's really helping us to, you know, develop a very high-quality feeding system. So, and, and, you know, keep in mind that our fodder system is not only providing feed products for animals, but we're also providing food for human consumption as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's great. I, so all of everything you just discussed is going to be available to, to actually see, to touch, to watch work at Fodder Fest this spring, correct? Absolutely. Every bit of it will be there to put your hands on, and we'll have hands-on testing and demonstrations. And, and uh, you know, we're going to roast several pigs. We're probably going to roast, you know, somewhere between four and six pigs. And uh, you'll be able to actually see how that's all done, and, and uh, we have a complete demonstration. In fact, the day prior to Fodder Fest, we're going to have a big class, and we're going to teach how to, how to do pig roasting. And, and we teach the class for the business of pig roasting so that you can learn how to do it and make money for your farm. I mean, uh, we didn't make the hot box just because it was a fun thing to do. We made it as a means of allowing farmers to bring them, get themselves a leg up and make three to four to six thousand dollars more a month on their farm without having to spend too much energy because it's only a six hour, a pig roast is a six hour project. If you use any other system other than ours, it's a fourteen to thirty four hour project. Yeah, ours is six hours. You're in the, you're in, you're out. You collect your money and you leave. And uh, you have a, a, a hot box, a roaster, that never needs to have parts replaced, that'll last until you can pass it down to your children, 
it doesn't, uh, my competitors out there, their stuff rots the very first time you start cooking. And then you got to replace all those parts sometimes three and four times a year. Mm-hmm. Mine never has to have anything replaced, ever. Yeah. So for, for this event, have you set the actual dates yet? Is there a registration process? Is there an online way that you can, that people can find out more info? I have not done that, but you can follow us on Fodderfest on Facebook, and that'll be the dates will be posted. Um, we actually have a website and everything, but it's just not been. We, we just I haven't uh, um, uh, we haven't updated it yet because we haven't determined the date yet. We're still working on this COVID thing to see how this is going to play out. Right. Yeah. Because I think in the spring, you know, there's you know we're building or we're raising pigs and everything because we think that there's going to be times are going to open up for us to. You know, processors are going to get some some, uh, some slots and new processors. There's, there's five new processors coming online right now in uh, in Missouri alone. Hmm. So, yeah. uh, um, you know, we, we're 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 cutting along quite a, quite a ways. And I think uh, if you look in the spring, I think things can really start opening up. And I'm hoping March is when we start opening up and we bring a lot of people in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I, and I understand that's tentative right now. We'll just see how how it shakes out. And but um, what we'll do is, if you obviously if you send me information, I'll keep uh, keep our listeners updated on it, and, and uh, you put it out here on the podcast and in future episodes. Okay, Carl. So I wanted to back up real quick about and talk about these uh, these Ozark Mountain Waddle pigs. Now, uh, for those of people that have listened to the podcast, when Carl came on uh, you know, two years ago, I believe we talked about his Swabian Hall and we got in the details of that. Um, but this is this is something new you're working on, right? Can you give us a little bit of detail there of, of what you've got going on? Yes, sir. Uh, the thing is, is that. The Iowa Swabian Hall, we recreated a pig from 1821 Germany. What we were trying to do was get a better pig for, uh, for charcuterie and a better pig to eat. And, uh, and I thought recreating the pig that won four World's Fairs in Germany uh, was actually probably something we could use in the United States. So what I did was I, I, I bred the uh, Swabian Hall into existence. I spent a lot of time researching what the actual pigs were that made up that pig, the breeds. And it was uh, it was a combination of the Mishan pig from China and the Russian wild boar, and uh, it was the, the pig of the day in Germany anyway. The Russian wild boar was you know that was the pig, uh, but the problem was they were too lean, too dry, um, you know a lot like they are today. So <clears throat> he was looking at a, a way to the king of Germany, uh, King Wilhelm of Germany was really into providing a better pig uh, by breeding their best pigs with a pig from China, and they came up with this great pig called the Swabian Hall. And uh, that was the region of Germany that the pig was from, and uh, turned out to be an exceptional pig. And I brought it here to the United States. Uh, in terms of breeding it into existence, I located some Michon pigs, and I bred them to the Russian wild boar. And uh, I had no, no, uh, no uh, reality was going to say that I was going to have the same pig. Uh, you know, with several hundred years in between the pigs and genetics and everything else. But I figured as close as I could possibly get by utilizing, you know, as pure pigs as I could find, my braid, uh, my Michon pigs were from, from uh, Iowa State University, which got them directly from China, which uh, there was no taint in them. There was no pigs that were, um, uh, they hadn't crossbred them to other, other pigs. I mean, they had, but they had the pure herd, and I bought the pure herd from Iowa State. 
So what I did was I recreated the, the Swabian Hall, and we called it the Iowa Swabian Hall. And that pig went on to win uh, the uh, Krishan 555 in San Francisco, the very first event. And it went on to win the Krishan 555 six more times. Mm. And then uh, we were on the Andrew Zimmern show, uh, the Stephen Colbert show, the Mike Rowe show, somebody's got to do it. Uh, we went on to be in the cover of the, the New York Times web. Uh, we were on the, uh, we did a story on us in the Des Moines Register, um, several magazines, uh, several different uh, articles all over the United States, as well as other countries. We were actually, uh, they actually did some uh, articles on us in Korea, uh, Poland, Czechoslovakia. Um, and then, of course, the Andrew Zimmern show was shown all over the world, and I, I get weird phone calls from Peru or some weird <laughs> place like that, and people asking me how they can get our pigs. Right. Um, so it was, it was a really neat thing to be able to do that and make a really, really good pig. Um, but the problem was that I, uh, I didn't think and see it in the original Swabian Hall from Germany in 1984 was nearly extinct. They brought the breed back by breeding it uh, into the Wessex Saddleback into the, the Swabian Hall. And that did a lot of things, too. It increased the, uh, the, the growth rate. Um, the litter sizes were enormous still. Um, but it, it added a few things. And, and I did the same thing to the Swabian Hall, the Iowa Swabian Hall. What I tried to do was take the Iowa Swabian Hall as it was, but yet improve it or get a, a second version of it. So what I did was I did two things. I bred the Iowa Swabian Hall to a Wessex Saddleback, like they did in 1984. And I created another version of the Iowa Swabian Hall, which is more closely related to the Swabian Hall of Germany of today. But then I decided that I wanted to take it further than that, and I wanted to be able to have that pig with better growth rates, faster growth rate, and add some other elements to it. Well, that's when I started working with a fellow out of Kentucky by the name of Travis Hood. And I worked with Travis Hood in terms of trying to uh, recreate or create a, a, a better version of the Swabian Hall. And we think we did that when we, we bred in the Andrus Red Waddle, and there's some other things bred in there too, but the Andrus Red Waddle was a pig that only, only uh, Travis actually had, the only ones available in the United States, with the exception of some still out in Portland, Oregon. But I took that pig, we bred that pig up, and what we've done is it's now called the Ozark Mountain Waddle, because it's a black pig with black with, with waddles, but it grows extremely fast. It marbles in three months. It's got an inch and a half, inch and a quarter fat cap, um, dark red meat, and beautiful marbled meat, and it marbles in three in three months. Yeah, wow. So what we're doing is it has litters of 15 to 20. Mm. Um, we've had several 17 in a litter. Um, so we're able to produce large numbers for small farmers so that they can make more money on the pigs. So what we're doing is, um, come spring, we will be offering um, trios, a boar, two gilts. Um, i also working with um, another farm in DeSoto, Missouri. They are also breeding up uh, uh, our Ozark Mountain Waddles, and as well as Swabian Halls. So we'll be able to meet the demand uh, because there just isn't any way that I could meet the demand for all the people that were coming on and, and uh, trying to buy green stock or wanted to buy pork to eat. We, couldn't, we just couldn't fill the demand. So now what we're doing is we're not only going to fill the demand, but we're also going to be providing green stock. 
so people can read them up and then put them out there. If you want to compete with your Berkshire guys, you know, compete with the other people with their Tamworths and that, because this pig doesn't even come close to any of those pigs. They're, they're, you know, they're like number seven, eight, and nine on the list of best pigs. Ours is going to be in the top one and two. Yeah, gotcha. All right. All right, so that's something we can look forward to later this spring as far as availability and, and just the rollout of that. So uh, we'll keep everyone, yeah, we'll keep everyone posted on that. Well, man, that's great. I know you've got a absolute ton of stuff going on right now. So before I let you go, what, um, where can people find out details about you? The the farm, uh, the the hot box, the fodder system. What are, what what's the online access there? Well, you can see us at www.americanhotbox.com. You can see our fodder systems at AmericanFodderBox.com. Uh, FodderFest is www.FodderFest.com. Uh, there's no new information posted there, but I will get some information posted tonight for FodderFest coming up in March. Um, there is a, a, the website uh, for Rusty Brewster Farms and Swabian Hall are, are not up right now. They're actually being uh, finished. Uh, you can also find information on our, our probiotics uh, at www.fodderflora, F-O-D-D-E-R-F-L-O-R-A.com. And uh, you can also see us online at uh, Facebook at FodderFest, American Hot Box, American Fodder Box, Fodder Fed. There's a group we have called Fodder Fed that you can go to that allows you to learn all about fodder and how it can help your animals and uh, our systems and all that kind of stuff. A uh, group called Fodder Fed. And then uh, the last site would be uh, um, uh, Fodder Fed. Uh, that's it right now. Okay. <laughs> Is that all? Is that all you're working on right now, Carl? <laughs> that's all I'm working on. Slacker? Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, yeah. There's, on Facebook, we have a number of groups, and Fodder yeah. Fed is one of the good ones because uh, we have that. Oh, well, I forgot to mention Pasture Pigs for Meat and Profit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we also have now something that I fired up that has, has gotten a lot of interest lately is um, Pasture Pigs for Beginners. Hmm. Right. Uh, if you're new to pigs, you're new to fodder, you're new to all of this, and you want to learn about the basics, uh, Pasture Pigs for Beginners is a really good place to go and ask your questions and not feel like you're going to get beat up by more experienced people and uh you know, it's just a good place to go to learn about beginner things. Um, we've actually added units to it, which is units is a way for us to do teaching and training. Uh, we're actually doing units in our pasture pigs for meat and profit as well. The units actually compartmentalize it. Like um, we offer a unit on uh, castrating pigs. We offer you don't know how to feed pigs, uh, breeding pigs, uh, how to take care of them, how to move them, uh, what kind of shelters they have. We have all these different units that you can actually go into. And it gives a complete explanation uh, from our group and from our members and our experienced people. Um, and, it, and it gives you good information, like, for instance, how to deworm your pigs. What are the best, most effective means of, 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 of deworming your pigs and removing parasites? Um, all of those things are right there in our website or our, our Facebook groups. And, uh, and we, are, we have created uh, new groups on uh, craftpork.com, www.craftpork.com. Hmm. We actually have our own Facebook system. It's like Facebook. It's like MeWe, but it's basically it's ours, and we own it, and it's our system designed for specifically for pasture pigs. And we also have one called uh, www.foddercommunity.com, and that's our fodder community. If you want to learn about fodder and systems, 
FatherCommunity.com allows you to go in and, and access it, and it's, it looks similar to Facebook, but it's an actual system that I designed and developed for us. Yeah, wonderful. Man, that's a lot of great resources there, and, and uh, yeah. awesome that that's uh, available and free, of course. So, yeah, I'll uh, I'll post all these links uh, down in the uh, show notes there so people can find them, and be sure to check that out. Well, Carl, I, I really appreciate you, Troy, yeah. uh, for all the you know all this work that you do, and and uh, you know I, I really appreciate that. I mean, I, and I probably ain't told you enough, but I you know I like what you're doing, and I like think what you're doing is very helpful to a lot of people, and. And I think your, your your outreach is getting more and more out there, and and the more stuff that I think you do that's legit like this, uh, you know, in terms of getting information out there, just the more people are going to be, you know, you know, using your podcast and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's the plan. Uh, hopefully, that uh, it's it's uh, no matter who we're talking to, or at least finding some nuggets uh, that people can glean from it to help them. Uh, either improve yep. their setup or you know, maybe take that first step to get into it because uh, I think the more people in the business doing it right, uh, I think that's going to raise uh, raise everybody up. So, Absolutely. Whew. Well, that was a lot of info to throw at you. Uh, as I mentioned, Carl has a ton of stuff going on. And again, all things to uh, Pastured Pig related and, and hopefully help improve the market. Got some great products there. It's really neat to see um, kind of behind the curtains, behind the scenes of how Carl does uh, these things, develops these products, and a lot of work that he has into it. I, I don't understand when he sleeps, but uh, but uh, he he gets a lot done. And and as I mentioned, I can't uh, I can't thank him enough. Obviously, a uh, majority, a vast majority of the interviews that I'm getting, that you guys are hearing and and hopefully enjoying, are because he allows me to go on his Facebook group and and you know, solicit. Uh, honestly, there are other Facebook groups associated with uh, pigs where I'm not allowed to do that. I get uh, I get kicked off. So um, I appreciate Carl doing that. I appreciate uh, him being willing to to allow us all to have these discussions um, through his group, and of course allow me to uh, reach out and find you guys as well. Uh, with that being said, if you know of anyone that should be on the podcast or would like to hear uh, somebody you want me to track down, then let me know. I'll do my best to reach out and get them on here. And if you want to be on yourself or you've got a topic that you want to suggest, you can go to our website, redtoolhouse.com, click on the Pastured Pig podcast link, and there's just a simple little form that you can fill out there. Just you know, takes 30 seconds possibly and uh, put that information in. That comes to me and then I can reach out to you and we can get something scheduled. Well, all right. Well, I'm going to wrap this up. I pray everyone have a great week. And as the, uh, I'm trying to think, <laughs> you try to think of what's going live and what you're recording and how late. Anyway, if you're hearing this and it's not Thanksgiving yet, I pray you have a happy Thanksgiving and you get to spend some time with friends and family safely. All right. Take care, everybody. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Pastured Pig Podcast. To learn more about our podcast or to submit topics or recommend guests for future episodes, visit redtoolhouse.com.